Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Amen. So if you were with us last week, we kicked off our Christmas series, Peace on Earth, Shalom. Obviously, we've, we've, we've seen that demonstrated here today. And so what we've talked about is that God instituted this special and sacred day that he calls the Sabbath. And it's on this special and sacred day where God brings his shalom. Now, now once again, we can always make an appointment with God 24-7, just like we did today. We can make an appointment with God 24-7. He loves that, and he always meets with us, amen? Because we draw near to him, and he'll draw near to us. However, God, as we looked at last time, he has some special times and some special days and even some, some, some other sacred things that we began to understood with the Lord's table, communion, the altar, and things like that. And it's like this. In these special times and days, the Lord makes an appointment with us. In other words, God has written you and your household, your, your family, just you if you're single and living by yourself, but he's, he's written you down in his appointment book and he has an appointment with you. And if we will keep the appointment that God has with us, Come on, God is showing up. No matter what's going on in our lives, no matter what circumstances are going on in our lives, God is gonna show up and he's gonna bring us completeness and wholeness. And we've looked at how God instituted this in the concept of the Sabbath, okay? And how the Sabbath has been misunderstood for so long. So real quickly, last week, I wanna show you, we went over what the Sabbath is not, okay? Put that up there, there. Do I have it back here too? Here we go. Okay. These are my notes. Those can be, okay. What the Sabbath is not. It's not Jewish. It was created in Genesis 1-2 before there was ever a Jewish people, before there were any covenants, before there was the Old Testament, before there was a New Testament. This is in the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1 and 2. So it's not Jewish. Okay. It is a sacred time that God ordained specifically, and I'll get to this, specifically for the ecclesia as it pertains to the home. It was designed for Adam and Eve and their family and then everyone else who would eventually populate earth. God created the perfect Eden. This was before the fall, okay? And this was gonna be the time when whatever they're doing and gardening and you know, all the stuff that they would be doing and eating. This was gonna be a special sacred time where they stopped that. They gathered their family together. And you know what? They remembered the Lord. Come on, that he gave them breath, that he gave them life, that he created them, that he created the world and the abundance and the peace, the shalom that they enjoy that will be available to the entire world in the new age, in the age to come, in the new heavens and the new earth. That was gonna uh, he, that's how, what he created the Sabbath for. Another reason that you know that it's, it's not Jewish and that it's forever is because in Isaiah 66, it talks about in the age to come, the new heavens and the new earth, from one Sabbath to another, all mankind will worship me, okay? So it's not Jewish, it's not Sunday. We looked at that. It's the seventh day, which according to the Hebrew calendar is basically Friday night, and then Saturday during the day, okay? It's the seventh day. Um, and especially on Friday night, that's when the 
though if you wanna call it the Sabbath dinner, that festive uh, dinner and the things that go with it, that's when that happens, okay? It's not Sunday, look, it's not the day when you have to go to church. All the seventh day this and the seventh day that, these seventh day, it, 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 I mean, you can go to church any day, but that's not what it was designed for, okay? It's not somber, legalistic, or complicated. Okay, remember, and look, it's not temporal or movable, can't be replaced, and there is no substitute. So let me say something about the Sabbath. We don't worship a day. We worship the Lord of the Sabbath, Jesus Christ. Okay, you might be saying, well, my son plays football and whatever, so, so if you're gonna get us to you know, wanna do some kind of family dinner or, or whatever like that, my son plays football, I work, all that. Listen, listen, all that is, is fine. Listen, Jesus said it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. We don't live in the New Eden yet. Okay, we live in a world that could care less about the Sabbath. Okay, so you might work, you might have to work on Friday, Saturday. You, man, if your kid has a sporting event on Friday night, you need to go, you need to be, it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. You need to go and participate in that. But there are ways that will show you of how you can still honor it, participate in it, and still do in essence what God wants to be done during that time because it brings wholeness to you, your household, and your family. How many of you want wholeness in your household and in your family? And specifically, listen, I'm gonna get into this. You're, we're all priests. This is the priesthood of the believer, okay? It was never supposed to be like this. The hierarchy that we, seen, that we saw take place in Israel when eventually the people begged him, we want a, a king like the other nations. God never wanted them to have a king. He wanted them all to be priests unto him. Eventually they got a king. That didn't work out too well, all right? Now we're in this broken world, okay? So now we come into the time of the church and the new covenant with Jesus. And yes, there is order with apostles, prophets, pastors, and all that kind of stuff. But that did not do away with the priesthood of every believer, Okay, and watch, in your home, guess what? That priestly blessing that I spoke, you have the authority. You speaking the priestly blessing over your spouse and your kids and over your home, that has way more power than me coming to your home and me speaking that over your household and your home because you are the priest of your home, okay? Put, put up the, the kingdom construct we've been talking about. Okay, watch. Okay, there's God, Jesus, the kingdom. Come on, there's, Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, as it is, we don't have the right to change, substitute. Well, you know, I'll just do mine on Tuesday morning. No, <laughs> it's as it is. We can't just arbitrarily change Genesis 1. Can I have a good amen? Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. Okay, so watch this. Here's the ecclesia, here's the church. We've always thought, okay, local church, that's this church. You think building, I'm going to church, I'm going to listen to the priest or the, the pastor. I'm going to church, look, the local church, that's what this gathering is. That's only one third of the ecclesia. And it was not the first church, okay? The first church was in the garden with Adam and Eve and their family. They were the priests of their home. It obviously got off to a rocky start, okay? 
But they recovered someone. So, so watch this. Here's the three components of the church. There's the regional church. We would call that the universal church, but it operates regionally because it's relational. Everything in the kingdom of God is relational. Okay, so that's this region, this Northeast Florida region, okay? The function of that is unity, demonstration in what the Bible calls taking dominion, okay? Really pushing back geographically the powers of darkness, okay? There's the local church, that's celebration church. That's real clear what that function is. It's in Ephesians 4. The purpose of the local church is to equip. It says the apostle, prophet, that's why you gotta look at this. That's why the priesthood of the believer is so important. And it was the first thing, not the building. We talked about that last week. You can talked about when it, in the 300s, when Constantine in Rome stripped the priesthood out of the church. You can't serve communion. You're not a priest. You gotta go to the building. That's where the real priests are. That's where communion is. You can't pray for your family. You gotta go to the building. And let the, 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 the hierarchy, let, the, let the, the church, the state pray uh, for you. In fact, if you, if you do any of that stuff, eventually they, they outlawed it. We're gonna arrest you. Can you imagine getting arrested in your home for serving your family communion on Friday night? You don't think Satan had a plan and understood how to, that he, to, to get dominion and to get control of the earth, he has to take down the family. Our job is to equip you to do the work of the ministry because you're the priesthood, okay? And then there's you, the priesthood of the believer, the home. The purpose of that is, guess what? Shalom. One is for unity and dominion. One is for equipping. The other one is for wholeness. It's for shalom. Do you see what I'm saying? Listen, parents, I cannot bring the wholeness of God into your family. What I can do is I can equip you to take your rightful place alongside of me as a fellow priest in my home and you can bring wholeness or better yet, God will bring wholeness to your family if we'll learn how to operate as the priesthood of all believers. Right now, the church is one-third. We're working one-third. God's gonna change that. Can I have a good amen? Awesome, okay. Here we go. Are you ready? I got eight minutes. Can y'all follow me? Exodus 20. I want the scripture up there. We're gonna go over the Ten Commandments. Well, man, the Ten Commandments, that's a law, man. That's Jewish. Oh, really? You think that'll work in court? When someone murders someone? I got, hey, guess what? Thou shall not murder. That's for everyone. What, what, what are we, what are we doing? Can you imagine if someone was in, if someone murdered somebody and he was in court and their defense lawyer got up and said, uh, Your Honor, we're asking you to throw this case out. Because, you know, the command that, or, you know, that originated, that, you know, all the other countries copied, you know, that's right out of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not murder. We all know that that's Jewish. That's law, isn't that a little bit legalistic? Thou shalt not murder, that's a Jewish thing. It's not like an American or, you know, a, a, a Gentile thing. 
Um, so we just want you to throw that out. How many think that would hold water? These are for everybody. It's for society. These things help us, Jesus. Look, they're not Jewish. They were given to the children of Israel, the people of God, so they could carry these things. It's a whole nother message. Okay, watch. Are you with me? Look what God says before he gives them the 10 commandments. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the what? House of slavery. Out of the house of slavery. So what God is about to show the children of Israel is look, we are about to change houses. Your household in Egypt, when you were in bondage, when you were a slave, when you were subject to all of their idolatrous and corruptive and sinful ways, okay? Your household in Egypt, I've delivered you from that. I'm giving you a new house. I'm giving you a new household. You're gonna be the priest of your house. You're gonna represent me in your house. And I'm gonna bring wholeness to your home out of the house of slavery, okay? So watch, we're changing houses. Now go to the 10 commandments. So let's look at the first two. You shall have no other gods before me and you shall not make for yourself any idols. What is God saying? Exclusivity. Number one, I am your only God. It's our mission theme here at Celebration of Matthew 6, What, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything you need will be added unto you. It's God first, God will not take second place. If you think you can add God to your life, he's not gonna bring you his exclusive shalom, his exclusive wholeness, until you make him your exclusive God and stop giving glory to other things. So look what he says. I'm your exclusive God, Jesus is Lord, not anybody else. There's only one name given under heaven by which men may be saved, that's the Lord Jesus. Now look at the next two. You shall not use the name of the Lord your God in vain. What does that remind you of? Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Yeah? And then look what's connected to that. And remember the Sabbath day to keep it what? Holy is your name and holy is your Sabbath. Sacred space. God our Father, this is about family, but in family, in your home, in your household, God has his special sacred space and place in your home with his day and with his name. With the time, come on, with the when, when it happens, and with the what what he brings, the shalom. So watch, God exclusive, now family, okay, we understand, sacred space in your name and in the time that you bring only what you can bring because you are changing the very nature and substance of my house. My house is no longer gonna be a house of slavery. It's no longer gonna be a house of sin. It's no longer gonna be a house of dysfunction and corruption and brokenness and hurting and pain and bondage. That's not gonna be my house, Lord. You're delivering me to a new house. And Lord, you have peace and you have blessing and you have wholeness. Lord, if I will give you your rightful place, when you want to come, you will bring completeness to me and my wife and my husband 
and my kids, you will bring wholeness. My family will start to function as it should. Nothing lacking, nothing broken, all restored. Lord, you are our father. You are our creator. We are your family, and my house is your house, and it's for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. It will be your house. It will not be a house of slavery. Lord, you saved me from sin. You saved me out of the world. You saved me out of all that mess. And Lord, I want your shalom, your wholeness, your miracles, your healing. I want that in my house. Watch. Now, here comes the next six. Exclusivity, family, sacred space. Here's when. Well, lo and behold, what is the very next commandment? Honor your... So, if I'm looking at these and I think father and mother, what is this in the context of? Family. Father, mother, family. I'm married now, my wife's father and mother. Now we're the father and mother. Family. This is for family. And now, look, it's gonna go on to say, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal. You know, all those Jewish legalistic things. <laughs> all of these things were designed first. It's, it's so we could be a whole society. Do you see? So, so we could be whole. Now we know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength in yourself. I wanna remind you, and I'm, is, I'm gonna peel these back for just a few moments and then we'll close. Remember this, when Jesus talks about these things, he just doesn't talk about the act of murder. He talks about what? Hate. Hating your brother without a, yeah? Being angry without a cause, hating. When he talks about these, he was like, adultery. You guys think that's sin? I'll tell you, if you, if you have a problem with lust, if you keep looking at this and that and all that stuff, lusting. So, so Jesus brought it to a what? A higher, more transparent level of what the brokenness really is. So watch this. Here's what I wanna say. How many of you know God brings wholeness, healing, how many of you know God wants it in your family? Look at number five. What is the bridge for God to come in your home and family? It's the Sabbath. It's sacred space. And for the home specifically, his sacred time. Do you see? And here's what God's saying that moms and dads, single dads, single moms, listen, if you don't allow me my time and space to come into your home, to bless and bring wholeness to your marriage and to your kids and to your family, you know, your kids, they're gonna have trouble giving honor. They're gonna have trouble submitting to your authority. They're gonna, in fact, they're gonna struggle with authority in general. And parents, how can we tell our kids to honor authority and honor God when they don't see us in the context of the family table? Honoring God. And that basically leads back to the ultimate authority who is who? Jesus. 
God himself. That's why not our church is, will not be that for this church in Jesus' name. But stats say that 40% of kids that grow up in church end up leaving the faith. And many of them even have a you know, problem with God's word and God's authority. Well, if it was never demonstrated in the home, honor your father and mother. How many of you would say that our society and the youth in general have a problem with authority? You take out the family table, you take out the table from the, whole, the home with the blessing of the Lord, of course. Here's what God's saying, if you don't allow me my sacred time in your home, okay, thou shalt not murder. You know what, there's a good chance your kids are gonna struggle with hate, bullying, prejudice, racism, they're gonna learn things at other tables. And if you don't allow God his place at your table where they can learn about his family. Where before, whether we're white or black or Hispanic or Asian or anything else, we're God's people. And we're all one. And you know what? And you know where we learn? We, we, we learn what we believe about people. We learn that at God's family table. We don't learn theology about other people. We don't learn that from Fox News or CNN or anybody else. And you know what? You know, the, the, the Republican Party and the Democratic Party, they are not our God. We don't, we, they, they, they do not set the example for my family table. God sets the example for what my kids believe and for what we think about other people. And that every race, every color, every tribe, every team, to create every person is valuable to God. People, even Christians, we're making the government our God. How many of you would say our society and our youth has a problem with hate, bullying? Yeah? Hmm. Wonder what could have caused that or be the antidote. Hmm. The Lord knew in Genesis 1. In Genesis 1, he knew. You shall not commit adultery. You know what that means? I know I'm four minutes over. I can have six minutes. I'm going to look. I'm almost done. You shall not commit it. Here's what that means. If, if we don't, if we take out the Sabbath and God's sacred space, well, you can expect your kids to possibly be sexually promiscuous. Look at sex in a self-gratifying way, something where they're, they're willing to exploit others. See people 
see, see, see people as objects. How many would say our society is, is just a little bit like way over the line with sex and sexual activity and hook up this and hook up that? And it, it just, I mean, it, it is like, it is like it is, you can't do anything. If you go to the town center, you're bombarded with, you can't watch a commercial it, without someone, I don't even wanna say the words to give you an image in your mind. Just doing this and doing that and bumping this and grinding that and just doing all. It's we, our society, we are consumed. We are worshipers of sex and lust. It's running out of our noses. And it's never enough. You shall not steal. You know, there's a good chance our, our kids are gonna, if they don't have something or, or if they see others with things that they want and fear the scarcity, you have lack and you have need and all you're focused on is this world system. It's a very, you're gonna cheat, you're gonna steal, you're gonna put others down so you, you can get ahead. And would you say our society has a challenge with that as well? So what Jesus is talking about in Matthew 6. Don't worry about this. Don't worry about that. You know, what you wear, what you dress, all these kind of, all these kind of worries. Well, look, anxiety, social anxiety. God knows what you need, but seek first what? Kingdom. Here's his kingdom pattern. And his righteousness, his patterns, his ways, and all these things will be added unto you. Look, you shall not bear false witness. Wow. Talk about lying, manipulating, all that kind of stuff. You shall not covet. How many of you would say that, that, that our society, our generation uh, has, has a problem with comparison? Our young people, there's, they have no identity. And it's saying this is what our families, this is what we're, we're prone, to, predisposed if we don't allow God to come to our tables and bring his affirmation. So part of that joyful Sabbath dinner is, the, 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 the thing Carrie and I love the most, it's speaking affirmation over our kids, speaking identity over our kids. Because God knows every day of the week, somebody or something else is gonna tell them who they should be, what they should be doing, what they should look like, what they should smell like, what they should wear, what they should do. That's not the house of God. That's the house of slavery. What do you know? How many of you say our youth have a problem with identity? And when you're with your kids, moms and dads, we're gonna give you, it's a little packet. We're gonna give it to you on the 23rd. I've got one more message on this. We're gonna show you how to do, how to get your family at the table. Follow our father. It's three things. Light a candle, serve communion, and speak blessings of affirmation. And guess what? I don't care what kind of parent you think you've been, it's a new day. 
And watch this. Watch this. This isn't mom and dad. Oh, dad's trying to do a Bible study. You know, this, you know what this is? Let me tell you what I had to tell our kids. Let me tell you what I told our kids. I'm a pastor. I mean, pastor's kids, they get a lot of church. You know what I had to tell our kids? Kids, listen, I'm sorry. I've, I have, I've been a pastor. I've shown Christ likeness to you. I've, I've demonstrated Jesus to you, but I've never functioned, functioned. I'm positionally carrying our the priest of our home. We've never functioned as the priesthood of the believer, not the local church pastorship. And this is really not me saying, hey, come do this. This is the Lord's time. He wants to meet with y'all. Listen to me, mom and dads, none of us is perfect. That's why communion is the perfect thing. Forgive us our sins. So we forgive those who sin against us. We'll give you this little book of prayer. Anybody can do this. And God will show up in your home and he'll do what only he can do. He'll deposit something in them that works all throughout the week that is an inoculation to all of these things. Do you know what happens? I'm closing with this. When all these things, lust, comparison, hate, pray, just get ahead. Who am I? No identity. All this, you know what, what psychiatrists and psychologists would call this? They would call this the fragmentation of the human psyche. Fragmentation from the family leads to fragmentation of the human psyche, which brings about all types of social and mental disorders. Social anxiety, depression, panic attacks crazy suicide rates. Do you see? So many of us, look, we are pro-medicine. We are pro. You better be because the society that we live in, it's founded. It operates on fragmentation. I just thank God that he has a way for wholeness to come in and heal what's been fragmented because listen, there, look, we, we, have, we have the only Christian, fully Christian clinical, medical, Christian uh, 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 um, mental health facility in America. You ought to give God a hand for that. And by the way, I wanna say, if you're in the military, all the PTSD things and stuff like that, military families, now um, we, we, um, they just approved us I don't know if it's the Department of Defense or whoever does it uh, to accept the TriStar. It's all, all the military. Anyone in military or veterans can come to our place and their insurance will pay for it. So, so watch, no one believes in medicine and, and mental health therapy more than this church, okay? However, there are not enough clinics there's not enough doctors. There's not enough medicine to heal what's going on and to fully heal what's going on in our families, in our homes, in our society. 
but you know who is enough? The great I am. And I'm telling you, listen, if we were gonna show you how to do this in a life-giving way, it's not about worshiping a day, it's worshiping the Lord of the Sabbath, Jesus. Jesus did more miracles on the Sabbath. They're all through the Bible. Lo and behold, there's seven of them. We're gonna go over them. You know what happens on the Sabbath? God comes with his wholeness that only he can do. He heals the fragmentation in our marriages, in our kids, in our homes. He delivers our households from being a house of the world which is a house of slavery and he transforms us into his kingdom being a household of blessing and wholeness and completeness a house of miracles the God who shows up right here at this altar is going to show up at your family table and the fruit you're going to see believe me me and Carrie we started this, okay, let's see how this works. It's just amazing, just barely. We're doing it wrong. We're not even doing it right. What is this? Okay, the fire, there's sanctification. Okay, Jesus is the light of the world. You know, all of a sudden you do that, you get the whole family involved. Everyone has a part. It demonstrates, it illustrates, and boom. God comes in, and it's joyful. It's not... It's a party, believe me. Our, our, our Sabbath dinners have turned into full-blown parties. With the kids and their friends, and it's a great way to hang out with people. And you know what? The Lord is gonna bring shalom to your home. I'm gonna close with this. The first command from house of slavery connects his, God's, connects his exclusivity to a change of houses. It's for the home. Recognizing the power of the home to liberate or enslave. The home to liberate or enslave is dependent on which God and which system the home is submitted to. Which God and which system. I know what some of you parents are, are saying. You're like, man... My kids, just watch, watch. You might have to drag them there the first time, chain them to the chair, <laughs> just watch. We'll show you these, uh, watch what happens. You watch. We can believe it, like the second time Carrie and I did it, it's like this peace comes in. We, the, our kids start talking about God, their friends, everyone's talking about God. I'm just like, this is too good to be true. Finally ends, I'm like, we just talked about God for two hours, okay? And when your kid says, hey, dad, why aren't we going to Chuck E. Cheese tonight? You know, like last night and the night before and the week before that, why can't we go to Chuck E. Cheese on this one night? You know what you tell him, your son or your daughter? Because we're different. Because we're different. We belong to God. And this is his time, his table. We'll do that another night. Can you imagine if we raise our kids, telling them right off the bat they're different? Can you imagine how that will help them handle bullying? How, how that will help them handle when they're called a name? How that will help them handle when people hate on them? It'll help them handle 
pain and all that kind of stuff, God has a plan. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.